Welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. And with you as always is Tyler. Tyler, you're always here, man. I love it. I'm back from vacation. You know, we did our last podcast via Zoom call. It's good to be back in the studio. Yeah, well, welcome back. We hope you had a good time on your trip. Where where were you, by the way? (sighs) Where was I? Um, We went to Orlando, and we had a little family trip. We did the whole, you know, SeaWorld, Legoland water parks discovery cove basically any kind of park that you could possibly think of great thing is there were hardly any crowds it was really cool where there were times where we looked around and i was like i don't see any other families here like did we scare everybody off (laughs) nobody's there so it's great anybody that's worried about crowds and these parks i don't know i was kind of worried that there were so few people i thought maybe i missed something like there was an atomic bomb that dropped and we didn't hear the the uh, signal (laughs) that we were supposed to evacuate yeah because there was nobody there it was great it, it is a little concerning, though. How, how are these places going to stay open, though? I mean, if I, I, I saw the other day Disney was cutting tens of thousands of jobs. So it does make you a little worried. It's great to have no lines, but... I can tell you this. My kids were keeping it in business with every single gift shop after every ride. <laughs> you know, how, after, after you get off at a theme park, you they make you go through the gift shop. So they it's like do. If, if you... If, for example, if you go through this, like, dragon dungeon ride, then you have to go through the gift shop that's filled with stuff that's all dungeon and dragon related you got the t-shirts you've got the stuffed animals you've got keychains the kids can't even drive but they want the keychains <laughs> it's unbelievable very clever marketing technique there it is very clever uh but it was a very busy week you know unfortunately i was gone during the first football game you were which was tough and then actually the the second game which we do have to talk about um i was on a plane for that but i did watch it all it's been an interesting week you know, between the show, trying to catch all the sports, and doing all the uh, family stuff, but it's been fun. How about you? Uh, well, um, I, I can't say there, there's a whole lot going on. At the, oh come at, on, at the Tyler, there's something household. going on. Um, I in, in the last week I did finish uh, the Game of Thrones, which we had talked about uh, oh, yeah. previously. I, I, f- I finished the last episode. Uh, did not throw anything, as most people told me that I would. Uh, I actually thought thought it was good. I thought it, you know, it, it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't the best series finale I've ever seen, but it was it was fine. It it ended things, you know, kind of how I thought it was going to end. Well, comparatively speaking, Tyler, I think everybody should know you're a pretty big Seinfeld fan, right? And I remember the Seinfeld finale, finale when it came out. It was very polarizing. Yes, it is, and still is today. Okay, so how would you rate the Game of Thrones series finale up against? One of your favorite shows, the Seinfeld season finale, which people also had a lot of opinions on. Hmm. Um. Which one are you going to go back and watch someday? I mean, I, I don't think I would ever go back and watch Game of Thrones. I don't think. I mean, because I mean, Seinfeld's kind of like The Office. It's one of those shows that you can just catch. It, you can just watch any episode. You don't have to have seen previous ones you can just have never seen the show and just pick up anywhere and be able to follow what's going on uh so i'm more likely to to watch seinfeld again so you're saying that one's better seinfeld is my favorite tv show of all time so i I have to say seinfeld's better that's a that's not a i was gonna say it's a bold statement not really a lot of people love seinfeld you know right rightfully so rightfully so so there's been a, a couple of things that have come up over the last week maybe and, and and the Browns won again. To, it's got to throw that out there. Oh, who, yeah. who you have mocked for the last several weeks? They are now three and one. 
for the first time since 2001, since we were in high school. You know who was the quarterback? The last time the Browns were 3-1. and one. Who was the quarterback then? Do you remember? Uh, a, a young young fellow by the name of Tim Couch mm. was the quarterback. Yeah, there. a lot of people gave him crap up there, didn't they? They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They really rolled him hard. I felt so bad for Couch while he was there because he just got sacked all the time. Got the crap kicked out of him. And um, the fans weren't really that positive. Yeah, they, they now actually, I think the Cleveland fans have done a 180 on Tim Couch and actually realize he's the best they've had in the last 20 years. So <laughs> they, they've kind of come full circle on him. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, the Browns are doing really well. Um, you know, it's still interesting to watch some of these games and look into the crowd and not see, you know, real people, you know, their stomachs hanging out and, you know, painted and all that stuff. You know, you're used to seeing that with these games, but you don't really see it. Same with the NBA Finals. It's still kind of weird to me when I look at these things and there's not, you know, a full crowd. It's still weird. I'm just glad sports are going on and we've got sports to talk about, along with some other things as well. Um, obviously, I think everybody knows that our president has COVID. Kind, mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. We both got to watch, I think, the presidential debate. We're we going to give our reaction to that. We will talk about it. We'll talk about that that in the next segment. But let's start with sports, Tyler. we got to talk about this game we on do. Saturday. Yes. i got to get it off my chest. I'm, I'm hurting. This is my venting session. <laughs> um, if I had a therapist, I'm assuming they would tell me that it's good to express my feelings. Yeah. This is really why we created this show, is just to vent our frustrations when Kentucky loses. Absolutely. Because we're not, we're not affiliated with UK athletics whatsoever, right? So there's a lot of these sports shows that'll come on. They'll do their call-in shows. They'll do this and that. And there's things that they can't say because they have affiliations. Um, the only fil- affiliation we have is the bourbon cabinet uh, in the studio. <laughs> we are affiliated with that. And that's as far as it goes. Everything else is our own opinion. And we really don't care that, what everybody else thinks. So. That's that's exactly right. So uh, if, if we were affiliated by the end of this show, I feel that we would probably be unaffiliated <laughs> We would probably get in a call from the athletics office because I think we both have some strong opinions on what happened. All right, so so what was yesterday. your pregame like, Tyler? Let's talk about the pregame. So I'm getting on a plane. I'm traveling. I talked. You know, I, I mentioned that I was on my way back from vacation. Yes. What were your thoughts going into the game? You know, I had a lot of thoughts in my head with travel and everything. But what were you thinking when the game started? And kind of walk me through how you you know dipped your feet into the water of this game. Well, listen, I think everybody. When the schedule was announced, everybody penciled in this game as a as a win. Ole Miss was two and six in conference last year. They won four games last year, all against crappy teams. Kentucky, awesome season last year. We've been built up all summer about how dominant our offensive and defensive lines are. We've got a senior quarterback. We've got a three-headed monster at running back. This was a game that, going into it, honestly, I, I wasn't worried at all. I, I was very confident. I know we lost to Auburn, but I saw a lot of good things in the Auburn game that I thought we could build upon. So, yeah, I was good. I I, I, popped, I popped a big bag of popcorn for the game, Ooh. so I, got, I had my popcorn bowl ready, had my glass of bourbon ready, and I was just ready to kick back and relax and just enjoy what I thought would be a stress free game because I did not think there was any chance at all we would lose this game. Now, now, what percentage chance would you have given us to win before kickoff started? 
Because we both had it penciled in as a win, but we didn't yeah. really go into like, all right, I have a 90% chance that we're going to win or 60-40. What, what were you thinking before kickoff? I mean, I would I would have probably said 85-90%. Wow, that's a lot higher than what I... <laughs> I mean, Ole Miss put up a lot of points last week, but I still thought that we beat ourselves in week one. So those should be fixable things. So I'm like you. I thought, okay, downer, but we should be able to pick it back up. Yep, and then immediately, first drive... Boom, boom, eight plays, 75 yards. Ole Miss goes down. They look like the 2000 St. Louis Rams with Kurt Warner going down the field, the, the greatest show on turf. I mean, they they look like a well-oiled machine on that first drive, and I thought, oh, boy, this this is not, we are not going to be able to stop them. This is not good. Mm-hmm. And I'm immediately stressed. I'm starting to stress eat the popcorn after the first drive. <laughs> You start to get out the gallon of ice cream and stuff, too. Oh, this is going to be a long game. <laughs> yeah. Pop another bag. I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how about you? What were what were your thoughts going into the game? I mean, going into the game, I thought that we had a better than 50-50 shot of winning. I thought we beat ourselves a lot in week one. So, you know, I thought we would rebound. I know Ole Miss put up a lot of points in their first week, but oh well. You know, our defense, I, I feel like we had a good secondary We've got the offensive line, the three-headed monster at running back, or at least that's what I thought we had. Um, (laughs) And we actually did end up having a good game running. But, man, they just came out and smacked us in the face. But on the other side of it, we came right back and kind of like we didn't smack them in the face. We kind of flipped them a little bit because A.J. Rose came out and – and did you want to talk about that tyler because i can't even hardly talk about it i'm so need to just go ahead and get this out of the way yeah so aj rose we're at the 25 yard line aj rose uh takes the handoff goes around the left side cuts through a ton of defenders at about the 25 yard line of Ole miss he turns around and starts giving the peace sign (laughs) see like 25 yards before he scores which that has got to be some kind of world record he's he's like alanis morissette he's got one hand on the football and the other one is giving a peace (laughs) sign That's pretty good. Tyler. Thank you, thank you. You've been holding that in all week. I, yeah. I've been I've been sitting on that one for a while. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> but twenty five yards short of the goal line. I have seen guys do the razzle dazzle right before they go in. Yeah, and, like and somebody five. knocks it out. Yeah, this is the twenty five yard. He's got a quarter of the field. Yes, twenty five percent of the field has still uh, not been run yet. <laughs> and I I couldn't believe it. On top of that. He gets the ball again, does, doesn't get quite get in. Gets to, like, what, the one-yard line? Somewhere in there. Uh, I think he got tackled at the three. Three. Then he takes, uh, I believe it was, was it the direct snap? I believe so. Yeah, and tries to run it in around the right side this time. Tries to put the ball over, grabs it with two hands, tries to reach it over the goal line. Huge mistake. Huge Don't ever do that. mistake. Fumbles the ball. We lose possession. After he had an easy... 75-yard touchdown run, but like you said, he's got one hand on the football <laughs> and the other one's doing Giving one time. A peace, peace sign. sign. Yeah, can't uh, you can't do that. 25 yards out to beat it all. I actually went back and looked. He started slowing down at 28 yards. He started doing the peace sign at about 25 <laughs> yards. I went back and slow-moded it because I couldn't believe it. I went back and watched it again, over and over and over. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? Well, because I was uh, working on a video that we're putting together that's on our Facebook page now uh, that you should go check out if you're interested in seeing how I felt about the A.J. Rose run. Um, 
It was very painful. It, it is really funny. I would encourage everyone to go watch it. <laughs> it's therapeutic, Tyler. I needed to get it off my chest, and that's what we do here. Uh, so, I mean, what were your thoughts when you saw him get tackled? I, I told you how upset I was. Man, I, I don't think I've ever been more angry at someone at a, in a UK game <laughs> than I was at the end of that play. Wow. Because I've been angry before. You know, we've had guys make bonehead plays, but usually it's because of a lack of talent. We we have guys not make plays because they're not good. You know, for being honest, in the history of UK football, we've had a lot of untalented players and untalented teams mm-hmm. that have been frustrating. But at the end of the day, I'm like, well, they're doing the best they can, I yep. guess. Yeah. But AJ Rose. M- <laughs> celebrating at the 25-yard line. The 25! Yeah. Who does that? I mean, did he just think, oh, I'm A.J. Rose. They're they're not going to try to tackle me. I'm A.J. Rose. <laughs> yeah, he's earned they're, it. They're just going to give up. They know they can't. Like, what are you thinking? Like, if you slow down that far, somebody is going to catch you. I, 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 man, I, I, I lost. Let me ask it. you this: If you're, let's say, you are head coach Bentley of the UK football team, and you have a player that basically flips the entire game, because I think that play pretty much changed the complexion of the whole game. All right, because it's right at the beginning of the game; it's in your head the whole time. I don't care what people say. You know, we just moved on to the next play. Baloney! You see stuff like that. It it makes you think. Wow, I wish we would have had that seven points. That was an easy seven. It's not like a hypothetical. Like, oh well, we had a pretty good chance of scoring. We were going to 100%. score. That was a 100%er that you just left out on the field. Uh, if you're Coach Bentley of the UK football team, how do you handle A.J. Rose when he gets back on the sideline? Uh, he is out. O-U-T. I, I'm Dave Coulier. Cut it out. You are out. <laughs> out of the game. I don't care if you're sorry. You can stuff your sorries in a sack, A.J. Rose. He's not going in at least until the second half. Wow, and coincidentally, Dave Coulier uh, dated Alanis Morissette, who sings <laughs> One Hand in Your Pocket. Oh, Wasn't that one song she wrote about Dave Coulier? Too? Yeah, sorry, didn't mean to sidetrack you. So, But what you're saying is you wouldn't have put him back in to the game at all. Hell no. I would have been done with A.J. Rose. I would have said, sit your butt on the sidelines. You can turn around and give peace signs to the cheerleaders or whoever you want in the crowd from the bench, but you ain't doing it in the game today, son. Oh, wow. You know what? I kind of got to agree with you, but the other, I agree with you in one sense, but the other side of me thinks, you know, I think the coaches have got to reinforce to these players that not only should you cross the goal line, like if you're running, why don't you just run to the back of the goal line, like the, to the back of the end zone and then celebrate just to make sure, right? Just to double check your work, right? Maybe you missed something. Pretend that the back of the end zone is where you need to go. And then do whatever you want. Yeah, be, be like Forrest Gump. Just keep going until somebody tells you to stop. How many times does this have to happen, though? Because we see this all the time. Players, like, drop the ball at the goal line like it's some kind of really cool thing. Yep. It's not. It's not cool when you don't score, you get a touchback, you get a fumble. Long story short, you don't get the seven points, and it screws up your team. Mentally, after I saw that, it was just with me the whole game. And obviously it was with him because he fumbled on the next play. You know that was he was trying to overcompensate for that mistake and tr- you know trying to get a, the ball across the goal line on that next play. That was still fresh on his mind. It had to be. Yeah, because he's he's going to think if I don't make this right, yep. then I'm in deep crap. Exactly. That is. <laughs> I'm, exactly I'm going to be in right. the doghouse. So now you've you've made it twice as bad. 
because you do have the fumble. It, it bothered me. It's one of the most frustrating plays I've ever seen as a UK fan, and I've seen a lot. We have seen a lot of frustrating. I mean, you talk about the, the Hail Mary against LSU. Talk about the missed kicks against Tennessee, the uncovered receivers against Florida. I mean, you you can just go down the line. But to me, this was the most frustrating because it was, it was just purely an ego showing off, look at me type of play. And that kind of stuff drives... Like, I already don't like the celebrations that players do after touchdowns. They're already out of control. Like, we got people doing line dances and, you know, choreographed routines after they score a touchdown it already drives me nuts i mean every time somebody scores a bucket in basketball they're flexing on somebody it, uh, the, the that's whole... what you're supposed to do <laughs> I, I, I don't remember larry bird flexing or michael jordan flexing after they scored every every time yeah um but but i, I regress I, I think we have a coach and coach stoops and, and even coach calipari to to a large extent that tries to let their players play through mistakes for better or worse, you see this all the time with Calipari especially, that a guy screws up, 90% of coaches would take him out of the game, talk to him, calm him down, and then get him back. But we have two coaches who like to let their players figure it out on their own and try to play through it, try to deal with adversity. And in this case, as it has many times with Calipari as well, Ashton Hagens, Auburn, lead eight. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, you got a little cough. Yeah, time. excuse me. Um it came back to bite Stoops in the in the butt on this one. Mm-hmm. He should have taken AJ out. He should have put Rodriguez in. Let Rodriguez do what he does, which is fight across the goal line. But instead, he wanted to let AJ finish what he started, and it cost us seven points in a game that we lost by one. Oh God! So I mean, so we are where we are at that point. We're we're over that play, and really, I mean, I felt like we had the game under control. Uh, going into halftime, I felt like we were the better team overall. I thought our offensive line played really, really well. We had a ton of rushing yards. I mean, we 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 did really well <laughs> where we thought we would do really well. And I had this comfort level even going into the you know second half of the third quarter. I thought, you know, I feel like we're in a good place. I feel like we're dominating the game, even though I wish we were ahead by more. With the A.J. Rose touchdown, we would have been. Mm-hmm. But I felt like we were in control of the game, and then the entire bottom of the floor – dropped out and we couldn't figure out how to score and they just lit us up like christmas morning (laughs) i mean we couldn't stop them again it's what they did on the first drive of the game they just came down and just whipped us forwards backwards upward you know every which way possible we couldn't do anything with them i mean it was really frustrating you think you have the game in hand you should have been ahead by more the whole game you're not it comes back to bite you and then do we have to talk about the overtime period too i guess that's an important part as well uh yeah if if we have to but i'm with you we had the game in control despite the horrendous play from aj rose we were up what 28 14 i believe Mm -hmm. in the third quarter Mm -hmm. that you've controlled time of possession you've controlled the ground game every statistical number kentucky was winning at that point including the scoreboard we we were controlling the game and then it's just like like you said, the the bottom fell out. We could not stop Ole Miss, and that stupid. What, what was the receiver's name? Why am I drawing a blank right now? Who caught seemingly every pass thrown to him? What was I, his name? I don't know, but he was really good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up now. Yeah, see, see if you can look it up. I don't, do you remember? There was a play where he fell down 
<laughs> he was laying on the ground, and the quarterback threw it to him, and he caught it. That's how wide open he was, that he was laying on the ground and caught the ball. And then the very next play was a touchdown to the same guy. And yep. that, was, that was a third down play, too. And that's another big part of this, too. That's something else I, I wanted to touch on was... I felt like their receivers made plays, like even if the ball wasn't thrown perfectly or they were laying on their back in some cases, uh, they made plays where ours had, you know, balls weren't thrown perfectly, but they should have been caught. In a big game, you've got to help out your quarterback. They're not going to, this isn't Peyton Manning. You can't have Peyton Manning on every college team. There's going to be some some wiggle room in how accurate these passes are. We're dealing with college-level quarterbacks. Receivers have to go out and make plays, especially if you want to get to the next level in the NFL you got to go do something. You can't just catch the passes that are hitting you in the chest. And, in fact, we had some passes that hit people in the chest, and they still didn't catch it. Yeah, we did. We you had know? some big drops. Uh, is it De- Demarcus Harris? Is that his name? Yes. That dropped. He hit a couple. He had two drops that he that were both big plays, and he, and he dropped them. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't have that. If you're going to win the games in the SEC... You've got to come up with those balls. Yeah, and again, they're not perfect. Well, one of them was. I know one of them was right in the chest, but you've got to go out and make a play for your quarterback and do something. You know, at the end of the day, we we had a chance to win it. We went into overtime. I heard there were some boos in the crowd when it was 35-35, and Coach Stoops, you know, we we had the ball on the 10-yard line to go 90 yards in 30 seconds, and he decided to go to overtime. I'm okay with that. I don't know about you. I was fine with that. The odds are so stacked against you to do something positive. Take the overtime and just move on with your life. Yeah. (laughs) The odds are not with you. Okay. Now, now we come down, we we lose the toss, and we go on offense first. We score. But you hate. You hate to lose the toss because... You'd never want to go first in overtime, ever. No, you don't. But we, we come down, we score a touchdown. I'm feeling good because, like you said, you want to win that toss so you at least have four tries to get a touchdown if the other team scores. We get a touchdown. Okay, I don't care about the toss anymore. It's done. I'll be son of a bee sting. <laughs> Matt Ruffalo. In, in one of those that's so UK football moments, we hit... The goal? Did he hit the goal? No, that was the that was the kick before. That was the field goal. Yeah, he just straight up missed the uh, extra point. I, it looked like he was actually aiming for the corner section of Kroger Field on that extra point. Uh, it it was not even close, really. He nailed it. He nailed that corner. <laughs> <laughs> he nailed the corner. And even the commentators, if you listen to them, like, it looks like he was lining up to hit the goal post, like when he's when he's you know using, yes. And you sit there and look like how. Isn't that something you can be that can be taught? Hopefully by a special teams coach. Oh wait, wait a minute. We don't <laughs> wah, have a special wah. teams coach. UK does not have a special teams coach. Uh, I'm not going to say that that would help make the kick. I mean, it's an extra point. I think high school, middle school football players can be automatic on extra points. <laughs> with, you know, with extra points, and we can't get our starting college kicker. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I I can live with the missed field goal he had earlier in the game. It was a I long mean, one. It was about forty yards. I, I mean, that's that's not a gimme by any means. Mm-hmm. I I can live with those. But like you said, extra points. Give me a freaking break. Like, if you can't hit ninety nine point nine nine percent of your extra points at, as a SEC Division one kicker, just. Get get him out. Like, let's let's get some. Let me go in and kick extra points. I I could have I could have kicked it into the right section of Kroger Field <laughs> yeah. better than that. And, uh, and after he missed it, did you just automatically think game's okay, over? That's it's, it. It's over. Okay, no I had the doubt. same feeling because the other part of it is they had scored at will for like a quarter and a half, just, just totally dominated. So you knew they were going to score a touchdown. 
It was just a matter of how many plays it was going to take them to do it. And, of course, they end up doing it, and anticlimactic. We knew they'd hit the extra point. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, it's tied. They have to hit the extra point. Every UK fan in the stands or at home is like, we know what's going on here. We get it. And this was the, the first time in probably three years where I sat back after the game was over with and thought, you know what? This is so Kentucky football. This is the way that we used to lose football games. Yeah, this this was Bill Curry. This was Joker Phillips. All all those games that just have broken our hearts. I I, th- I thought we were past this. I really did. I thought Stoops had built us built this program up enough that we were beyond losing games the way the old Kentucky football used to used to lose games. And let's be Clearly honest, clearly we're not. What happened at Auburn right before halftime when we tried a, a one yard? You know, trying to get a touchdown. We throw an interception that really they should have taken it back and given the touchdown to Auburn. I, I know it was a targeting thing, but those are the kind of things. It's like two games in a row, I feel like this is the same old Kentucky that I'm used to. And the only positive that I see in that is it makes me think maybe things in the world are getting ready to get back to normal, like this COVID stuff. Maybe we're going to turn a corner and everything is going to go back to normal, including UK football. I don't know that that's necessarily sports-wise a good thing, but for the world in general, maybe it's a sign that um, you know things are getting back to normal. Maybe UK is getting back to what their old normal was. It was the most normal I have felt in six months. It, it felt like we were no longer in 2020. It felt like we were in 2010 yeah. losing games like this. So thank, thank you, AJ Rose. Thank you, Matt Ruffalo. <laughs> For one day, you felt you made me feel like we were not living in a COVID nineteen world. So made, thank feel, you very much. Feel like we live. We're in Cheers. our twenties again. Cheers to, Cheers to Ruffalo you. and Rose. R, like a little R and R. R and R. I like it. I, I didn't like it at all. Um, yeah, I don't know how we follow up with that time. That that was. You know, there was a couple other things. Do you want to go into any more sports, or do you want to take a break? I'll well, leave it up to you. Well, uh, you know, we we have next week's game. You know the the schedule really lightens up. We now uh, oh yeah we we only have three ranked teams coming up in the next three weeks. Mississippi, That's good. Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Georgia. So you know we we it, can take the fine. foot off the gap. AJ Rose can slow down a little bit. You know we we these will be easier games for sure. <laughs> so he can slow down a little bit. Yeah, he's running too fast. So I I I don't know, man. Uh, we made our predictions earlier on the show a few weeks ago. I think I said six and four. You said seven and three. I'm ready to just go ahead and say two and eight. Best case scenario for this team. I'm I'm going to say three and seven. I'm I'm looking at three and seven now. I'm flipping. I was seven and three. I'm I'm looking at three and seven just on the games we have coming up, but just trends on how we're playing as well. You know, we play Mississippi State this upcoming Saturday, and they've got Coach Leach who will throw the ball sixty times and either score uh, you know fourteen points like they did this weekend or seventy two points. And you don't know what you're going to get. Their quarterback is averaging 450 passing yards per game. <laughs> you really don't it's know good. what you're going to get with that team. And after we've how we've performed the last two weeks, I'm concerned about us. Well, I, from what I've seen so far, our secondary can't cover a parked car, so I don't know how they're <laughs> going to do against Mississippi State. I, I think that he's probably going to throw for about 7,000 yards yeah. against us next week. So... Uh, shockingly, we are a three-point favorite, so if you're interested in, in taking Mississippi State with the points, right now would be the time to do it. Uh, I have a feeling that line is probably going to flip pretty quickly. 
Somebody's getting some free money on that one. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't, I don't know how you look at the way we've played and say that we're a three-point favorite over anybody right now. We've got to prove something. We've proven that we make bonehead plays at really oppor- inopportune times against teams. One team that we should have beaten, and you know Auburn kind of wiped the floor with us at the end. You know, I'm I'm just really disappointed in our team. I'm I'm starting not to look at who we're playing now because because I'm getting more concerned about our own team. You know, before I thought you know our team's solid. We've got a lot of you know parts that should help us win a lot of games, but they're not working properly. Yeah, so I'm worried. Yeah, this game we played exactly the kind of game we wanted. We ran the ball. We had three guys run for over a hundred yards. We controlled time of possession. That's exactly. That is, if you're if you're making the recipe for how Kentucky wins a game, that's exactly how we win games. Is what we did, and we still lost. Yeah, against the fifth place team from the West last year. So how are we going to beat anybody on this schedule if we play? You couldn't draw up a better game plan. And we we leave touchdowns on the table. You know, yeah. the only way you score, I know this is pretty elementary. Everybody follow me. You got to get across the goal line. It doesn't matter how many rushing yards you you get. That's not how you win the games. It reminds me of elections. You know, people say, "Well, they won the mo- the popular vote." Is that how you score points? Well, then it doesn't matter. You it doesn't matter if you have a thousand rushing yards and the other team has a hundred and you won the most rushing yards. Congratulations, we'll give you a certificate. <laughs> but that's not how you score points. We're not doing the things that score us points, and we're making mistakes. The fumble, the interception by Terry Wilson in Week One. It's costing us points, even though we're racking up yards. The yards don't matter. They don't matter. But a very good lead-in into what we've got coming up in segment two. We're going to talk some Republican-Democrat debate Yay. between Trump and Biden. So you're you're not going to want to miss that. I can't wait to hear what you thought about the debate, Brandon. Oh, I'm very, very int- interested. Absolutely. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Let's Buzz Pickers. Welcome back, segment two of the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll podcast, episode twenty-five. We are a quarter of the way to a hundred, Brandon. Our twenty-fifth episode. Yep, for math majors out there, thanks for breaking that down, Tyler. We are a quarter away to a hundred, or as I like to say, um, the number of yards that AJ Rose started <laughs> celebrating from the end zone. So that's you beat me to it, man. <laughs> I, I, I had that. I was getting ready. You stole my thunder. That's the whole reason I was bringing up twenty-five. How, how appropriate that this is episode twenty-five. Step on my toes and take. <laughs> that was really weird. Um, but yeah, so we talked uh, obviously the game in the first segment, and we're going to pull a little switcheroo here and do uh, some news. There's yes. been some pretty big news in the last week. Has there? Has anything been going on? A, a couple of big things, right? So I must have missed it. So. I'll just say the the one that's most pressing. Our president, President Trump, has COVID, which is important, right? I think that's important. But I want to go back first to the presidential debate that happened even earlier in the week. Because when the week started, I thought this is all we would hear about. I thought this was the story. People have been waiting on this. You know, they've been waiting on this debate for a while. It's the first one. And this is with any election cycle. People like the first debate. They like to see how how's this going to play out because there's going to be two more. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, we'll find out how, yeah. how that's going to work now. But uh, I actually got to watch it. I was traveling, watched it in, in the hotel room, watched the whole thing. 
and I'm assuming you did as well. Yep, watched it all. So, Tyler, just initial thoughts on the overall debate. However you want to handle it, I'll let you run with it. What are your first takes after the debate was over with? What did you think? You know, uh, a lot of times at work, I will, you know, we'll, we'll be chatting on the instant messages with, you know, with some colleagues. And it's be like, you know, how's your day going? And if any of us are having a bad day, we just send a, a gif of a dumpster fire. <laughs> that is my description of the debate. A complete dumpster fire. In what way? Is it, unwatchable, really. At least the, the first 30 minutes was unwatchable to me. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people found it entertaining, which you know, I, I guess it, it was somewhat entertaining. But my God, I, did, did you learn a single thing about Donald Trump or Joe Biden's policies during that debate? Was there any discussion of actual policies at all in the hour and a half? Well, I mean, I don't think that this debate was about policies, Tyler. <laughs> no, not, why, not, why, why about... should a presidential debate be about policies? So, s- silly. I'm, I'm sorry. What was let, I thinking? Let, let me ask you this, Tyler. Let me ask you this. When you're on Facebook and you're on social media, do you ever hear people argue about a president's policy? I'm asking you an honest question. Do you ever hear people say, you know, I disagree with this policy he came out with six months ago? I don't think ago. anybody knows their policies. Well, <laughs> and that's why you end up with the debate that you have. Nobody cares about policy. It's all about scoring points. Points. Uh, it's kind of like being in like an like a weird marriage situation where people are getting ready to get divorced. They're trying to score points against each other and like, mm-hmm. oh, I got you on that one, and then they come back, oh, I got you on that one. Nobody cares about the policy. They just want to score points against the other team. That's all it is. We're living in a divorce situation. The 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 country is, and we're actually getting to see it play out in the debate stage. I mean, that's what's happening. Nobody cares about the policy. I'd love to hear somebody rattle off Joe Biden's policy on uh, health care in detail. I don't even think Joe Biden could, honestly. Well, I have I have doubts <laughs> if Joe Biden could recite his ABCs. So I'm, I'm not, you know, with health care policy, I don't know. But And Trump the same way. What What is Trump's official policy on uh, clean energy or whatever? Whatever the topic of the day, nobody cares. Nobody cares. No. They just want to get the best meme on Facebook that their friends and followers will give a thumbs up to and a like to, and they'll get in their little echo chamber and everybody will be happy and they can pat themselves on the back and say, good job, Brandon, for posting the best meme of the day and really jabbing at the other team, really getting them where it hurts. And that's how you end up with a debate that you got. Nobody cares about the policy. Yeah, there there was one question. I think it was about health care. Because they were talking about... <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> well, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the exact question, but I think it was about health care. And, you know, they're trying to get Trump, you know, because he's never really come out with a plan to replace Obamacare. He's been anti-Obamacare, but he's never laid out a plan. So they're trying to get him pinned down, what is your health care plan? And you, you, you get what you just said. You get the barbs. You get how awful Obamacare is. And then Biden comes in, talk about his plan. The only thing I know about Biden's health care plan is that it's called the Biden plan. Well, son of a bitch. Okay, that's great. <laughs> How long did it take you to come up with that name, Joe? The Biden plan. Well, uh, kudos. That's great. That's really going to help the country So I got no forward. answer from Trump. I get the Biden plan from, like, can I get some actual information to use to make a decision on who I want to vote for? Isn't that what this is supposed to be for? No. No, yeah. no, no information. Yeah, we we don't do policy here. You you must be thinking of other countries, Tyler. We don't we don't. <laughs> that's not something that we do here. What about Chris Wallace? And Chris Wallace was the debate moderator, 
And I think in a very unenviable position. A lot of people were critical of him afterwards. But what is what is he supposed to do? Exactly. I agree. Like, he... <laughs> it was kind of like you're dealing with children, in a way. Like, hey, stop it. You stop talking about... Don't look at him. He's looking at me funny. Well, don't look at him. You stop it. You go sit in the corner. You, I mean, he's trying to do his best and try to get figured out. So I actually don't fault him. I don't know what else he could have done. He didn't have the authority to cut people's mics. The only thing you can do is tell people to be quiet. What else? What else is he supposed to do? Yeah, I, I agree. The the I saw a lot of Trump supporters say that you know Trump had to beat Biden and Chris Wallace in the debate, but. I, I I agree with you. What what do you expect the man to do? Like what what can he do? And I don't know anything about Chris Wallace. I, you know when when the debate started, they said Chris Wallace from Fox News. I don't watch Fox News, so I I was one surprised that they had a Fox News commentator doing the debate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, is is he seen as a as much as a moderate Fox News commentator can be? That. Um, well, I think he's respected in the media community. The problem is he also is viewed as being very against the president. And, okay. Because I've seen clips here and there. I, I like it. I, we've talked about this several times. I don't know the last time I've watched a cable news show of any kind. I just don't do it. Uh, but I mean, he has some said some harsh, harsher things about Trump. But who hasn't? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to find a reporter or news outlet that hasn't, I I don't know where you're going to find them because <laughs> they've all been hammering him for four years pretty dang hard. It's always going to be that way. For a Republican, it's always easy to target the media. And I think in a lot of ways, the media are rightly deserved to receive the criticism that they receive. But at the same time, that's always going to be a talking point with Republicans in debates. That's nothing new, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. That's not not new information that we didn't think already. I just, um, in my opinion, I think you probably know where I'm going to end up voting. But I will say that I thought my blood pressure was up a lot watching the debate. Like, I was stressed. At the end of it, I was so anxious. I was clinging to my glass. I was sitting there trying to relax in my room, and I'm shaking. And I'm like, why am I so tense right now? And it's just because I watched two grumpy old men yell at each other. It was. It was like Walter Matthau and, and Jack Lemmon <laughs> arguing. Yeah, I mean, it was It was a little bit of a mess. Um, I thought, in in my opinion, this is just my personal take, I call, I call balls and strikes. I don't care who the party is. I thought Trump just did not stay quiet. He would not stop talking. No matter what. Chris Wallace would say, stop talking, I'll give you 20 grand. He'd be like, what? But, nope, nope, not. <laughs> Didn't matter. So that kind of bothered me a little bit. And the other thing is, I think if you're Trump, just from a strategical point of view, I would let Biden talk. He's proven over and over that when he says too many words in a row, he's going to like have a moment or whatever where mm. he can't put anything together. But Trump didn't allow him to do that. So I think from a strategic point of view, it was not smart. If I were a Trump, if I were on Team Trump, I would say, "Hey, uh, Donald, can you just shut up and let him talk for a minute? Because it may work out in your favor. Because we really Biden never really had the chance to mess up. <laughs> exactly. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think Biden did very well because there was, like you said, not much opportunity for him to screw up. So I think it was probably a win for Biden in that regard. But I, I think both of them actually." did the opposite of what they should have done. You know, you said Trump should have let Biden try to talk more because, and, and you saw, you know, he stuttered a few times. He kind of got caught up in his words a few times. Um, sort of, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I, I think the more that Biden talked, the better chance that he screwed something up. So Trump messed up in that regard, but I would have actually have liked to have seen Biden. 
he he really tried those first thirty minutes to stay calm and not give the little retorts back to Trump. And you know, he you saw him, he just <laughs> just kind of shaking his head and yeah. laughing. Uh, but then he started jumping right in too and, and throwing the barbs right back. I would have actually have liked for him just every time Trump interrupts him for him to just stay quiet and just let Trump look like a complete jerk. I think that would have been the winning scenario for him. It's the silent treatment. Yes, exactly. I tell my kids that when one of them aggravates the other one, I just say, just don't say anything. Lo and behold, they sit there and like, hey, he's not reacting. Huh. I'm going to stop doing that. It's the it's we're two, we're two dads, Tyler. We know mm-hmm. how to moderate. Maybe they should put us <laughs> in the next uh, presidential debate to moderate. Uh, I guarantee, if you have parents of uh, students that are doing at home schooling, they would do a lot better job moderating because that's all I've been doing for six months. You know, with kids at home schooling. Yeah, I totally was ready to break into my teacher voice to to just tell them to stop it. And I, at one point, this was this was a total teacher move. When when Chris Wallace asked President Trump, was like, do you want to switch places? Like, do you want to come sit up here and moderate and let me come up there? I, I have totally done that as a teacher. Like, you have a kid who just won't shut up. Like, okay, do you want to come up here and teach the class about the War of 1812? You want to come up here and let, let's switch places. Oh, kind of like geez. that episode of Boy Meets World where uh, Corey gets to be the teacher and Mr. Feeney uh, gets to be the student. For, yep. And then Corey realizes how hard it is to be a teacher. Maybe maybe they should have done that. Maybe he should have let Trump so he could realize what a jerk he's being. Yeah. Now, in your case, I know you said Biden may have won. I don't think either one of them won. In a way, I just wonder if they wanted it to be a wash. Like both campaigns just wanted to get through it and they're happy with where they are. Because Trump, that was a strategic move that he made to do what he did. That clearly, Somebody told him yes. to interrupt at every possible moment. It was very planned, in my opinion. There's no way you go into that and start doing it without that being planned. Somebody told him that was a good idea. They must be comfortable with where they're at, is the only thing I can think. It was That's the way they wanted it to work. I don't know. So what do you think, if, if there is a second debate, do you think he comes out as hot as he was? Because he, I mean, even, even Chris Christie after the debate was like, he came in too hot. Like, that's coming from Chris Christie saying he was too hot. Like, so do you think he tones it down some in the next ones, or do you think this is just what we're going to well, see you know, going forward? Well, you know, if there's anything I've learned from Donald Trump is that he loves to tone things down. <laughs> I would say you're probably, that's a pie-in-the-sky dream. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. I mean, we know for a fact that people in his White House advise him to do certain things, and he does what he wants. So you don't know. He's going to do what he wants, and I think may, may, it could be the case that he wanted to do it that way against their wishes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But man, it was it was a little over the top for me. It was it was much. I don't know how Joe Biden held it together for thirty minutes to not you know go back at him with barbs and stuff like that. I'm surprised he made it that long. Yeah, it it, it was, and I know, like I said, he he should have just let Trump interrupt him, but that's asking a lot for somebody to just sit and listen to somebody abuse them for an hour and a half and throw insults and make fun of them, like. As a man, that's that's a lot easier said than done. But then so it makes it look I like... I understand why Biden started doing it back to him. I understand. Not saying he should have done it, but I understand. Yeah, absolutely. Because then people would say, well, he's not a fighter. He he's, doesn't fight back. Yeah. See, it's a no-win situation, right? You either call him out or you don't, and people call you a wuss, and you can't lead the country. There is a no. It's a no-win situation. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. But, uh, you know, to me, I... I Trump is just such a jerk, man. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I, I know at, by the end they were both interrupting, but and you you tell me if you disagree, but this was ninety percent of the dumpster fire of this debate was because of Trump. Am in the, I right or wrong? In the first thirty minutes, yes. In the last hour, I would say it was fifty fifty. But the last hour was a result of Trump being the jerk. That's like true. They, it wouldn't have got to that point had Trump not come out guns blazing like he was. I agree that it wouldn't have taken the turn that it did. But at the end of the day, you know, the other one jumped right into the to the mud with him. You know, it's tough. It's t- it's a tough business. It was it was just very disappointing as as someone who loves history, who I mean I used to tape debates and show them to my classes when I was teaching. Like, I I love debates, love them. But this t- it was so depressing. It was like I said, it was it was almost unwatchable, and there there was no discussion of anything relevant. It was just throwing shots. Just very disappointed that this is what our presidential debates have come to. Yeah, in 2020. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And like I've told you on the show, in my opinion, I I don't care who wins or loses on this one. I don't care who wins or loses on the next one. I mean, I hope my candidate wins. Eventually they will, you know, statistics show us over the course of history it's, you know, 50-50, you know, one party will be in power for a while, then the other one will be. It's what's going to happen. Uh just accept it, move on with your life and drink bourbon, have fun and just relax. If your person doesn't win, then try to get them to win the next time, you know. That's that's what I would say. I'm not going to be upset, you know, two weeks after election when we're still trying to figure out the votes, uh, you know, who wins. I'm just going to move on with my life and adjust accordingly. Yeah. Now, do you think anyone's opinion was changed? Like, I mean, I feel like at this point, you're either going to vote for Trump or you're not. Like, do you think there's anybody who watched that and was like, and, and, who was not for Trump that says, I'm going to vote for Trump now, or vice versa, said, I wasn't going to vote for Biden, but now I am. <laughs> uh, do you think there's one single person whose opinion was changed after Based that? Based on that debate, no. I think the biggest factor is going to be the coronavirus, who's going to show up to vote. Even if people send in their absentee ballots, we're, we saw in California, we talked about this on the show not too long ago, in the primary ballot season, 100,000 votes were discounted because they weren't filled out correctly in California. During the primary in one state, there are so many factors at play that I don't think the debates matter as much. It's going to be about who actually votes and did they vote correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did they fill out their absentee ballot correctly? It's going to be a long haul. It's not going to be over on election night. I would, I would no, Not a chance. Anybody that comes out and says that they won on election night be very careful of that because that's it's just not going to happen i don't think there's so many unknowns polling i think polling is a waste uh, we we saw that in the last election it was you know hillary at one time was predicted to win in a landslide like yeah. two weeks before it was going to be a landslide there was actually a news clip i wanted to pull up but that was talking about a landslide she's going to take south carolina she's going to take iowa all these places that didn't happen at all you know what I mean? We have no idea. The polling's out the window. We don't know who's going to show up. We don't know who's going to fill things out correctly. Too many unknowns this year. It's been a wild year. It's going to be an even wilder ride to end the year with this election. And um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I, you don't know. You can look at polls till the cows come home. It's not going to matter. No, I, I agree. They they don't mean anything. And it's it's going to be an interesting November. <laughs> This is Literally just, the whole month. It's going to be a yeah, a great ending to 2020. 
yeah, enjoy your virtual Thanksgivings and <laughs> Zoom call Thanksgivings and all that. It's going to be a wild, wild year. It is indeed. Uh, but we, we we have to talk about is the the other elephant in the room that the president of the United States of America has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Was transported to Walter Reed Hospital on Friday evening. I don't know about you, but that pretty much consumed my whole Friday night. Was watching news coverage. I just I, I couldn't turn it off. Uh, it's just kind of a, a, a just disbelief. Uh, it, it just kind of seemed the whole thing seemed surreal. It's weird. It is weird. Like because you 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 think that. I mean, I, I guess we we've seen so many celebrities catch this and have it that I, I think that made it a lot more real to some people but I, I think there are still a lot of people who didn't take the coronavirus seriously and in some part of that may be because Donald Trump but the fact that the president of the United States caught this you, you would think if there is one person that would have every precaution around him to be safe from it it, it's it's just crazy, man. It was just surreal seeing seeing the you know Marine One flying to Walter Reed, and it, it's just I don't know. We, we've never in our in mine and yours lifetime, we've never seen a president in this kind of state. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think what early '80s was it that that Ronald Reagan. Reagan had the assassination attempt. Yep. But other than that, I don't remember that. Yep. I mean, I know it happened. That, that, I just, but yeah, you know. even that—that that was before we were born. Yeah, that was the last time that it happened. So, it was just weird for me to see a sitting president having such an extreme health issue that, you know, he, we don't, we don't know. Yeah, he he could die from this. We don't know. Yeah, it, it's tricky. I mean, it it works on so many different levels because Trump's a very brash person. Right, he's a very brash person. Now he makes you make a decision about him, which is one thing I like. You either really like him or you think he's the worst person on the planet. But at least you have an opinion about him. There's no way to be waffling on Donald Trump. True. At the same time, when you see him get sick like this and get flown out to Walter Reed, you know, hospital, you know, a lot of people start putting out the things. Well, you should be empathetic towards him and all these things, which I am. Anytime a, a president is sick or is, is having an issue, I don't care who the party is. I'm like, man, that's the president of the United States. This is really important on a, on a lot of fronts. You want them to live just as a person and as a human being. The other side of it is you got to think, wow, you know, if you're one of our enemies, what a great time. I'm not putting out any strategy here that probably nobody's hurt, but it, you're in a vulnerable state as a country when mm-hmm. your leader is not 100% ready to roll. It's a very delicate situation, and to have it happen right before the election, too. I mean, they're yep. talk, as if this election season couldn't get any weirder, or the whole friggin' year could get any weirder. <laughs> I'm about sick of it, man. I mean, it's getting out of control. I don't know what else could possibly happen between now and Election Day to get any weirder than this. I'm sure something will happen, but I don't know what it is. And um, it's just scary to see, but... You know, at the end of the day, I, I, it looks like he'll be fine. Of course, they're not going to tell us any different until something we're super bad happens. My wife and I were talking about that. They're like, "Do you, you know, they're saying that he's okay. I was like, well, what else are they supposed to say? They're not going to tell you things wrong until he's dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not going to give you bad news if there was bad news. They're going to make good photo ops. They're going to put out positive press statements. That's what they do. That's any president. We're not just Donald Trump. That's any president. Unless something is majorly wrong, then 
you know, you have to put a positive spin on it, keep everybody happy. Well, I mean, I was going to say, do you think he'll be okay? Like you're a doctor, but <laughs> I mean, what, what were your thoughts initially when you, when you heard the news? Obviously we're shocked, but yeah. Uh, and, and that, that could be a whole other discussion on whether or not the American people deserve to know everything that's going on with his health. You know, that, that you could debate that for an hour, I feel like, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's, you know my feelings on Donald Trump. I'm not a Donald Trump fan. Right. I I completely agree with you that you empathize with anybody who who gets sick. Like we you know we we don't want anybody to get this. We don't want anybody to die from it. Even if we disagree with them politically. I I, I can, can I be honest for just a minute? Let it out. Let it out. All right. This 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 is this is the real this getting is real just, sessions I, with Tyler. I, I, I am giving just. Expressing my feelings, I, I want to be honest with the listeners. That's what we're uh, here for. Just let it out. Uh, and, and I hope I don't get too crushed for this. I have really struggled in the last couple days. After the you know after the debate, during the debate, Trump mocked Biden for wearing a mask. He has been unsupportive of encouraging other people to wear masks. He oftentimes does not wear mask, and so there is this little part of me that is like, "Dude, this is this is what you get. This is what like you you have not taken this seriously." And as a president, I feel there are so many times that Donald Trump has not shown empathy to other people that he has refused to during the debate refused to criticize white supremacists. That like I just get the like I don't get a drop of empathy ever from Donald Trump. So it I, I've struggled honestly. I just, just like I said, just just being honest, it it has been cha- it has been challenging for me to have empathy for a man who has shown no empathy to anybody the last four years. A, a little part of me is like, this is what you get. Just just complete honesty. Now, as as a as a as a human, as as a Christian, I hate that I feel that way. I've I, I've prayed about this the last couple of days. Like, why am I feeling these things? Like, I don't want to feel that way. So I, I'm, and like I said, I, I don't want him to die from it. I, I'm not wishing him death. I, I hope he recovers and is able to resume his duties. But there, there's just this little part of me that's like, for the last six months, you've tried to make the coronavirus not a big deal. You've not taken precautions. You've had this huge party at the Rose Garden with the Supreme Court nomination where dozens of other people have now got it. So it's it's been a struggle just for me personally. Um, so I, I just, like I said, just full disclosure, it's I, I have a lot of internal emotions about this. I and mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody thinks you have to have like the perfect script and answer for everything that comes up. That's one thing that drives me crazy. And it's part of like the PC cancel culture it, and just social media world. Everybody has to give the correct answer when something comes out, right? It's like, oh, I believe, oh, I'm so, it's like they ha- they're their own PR person. Like they have to have the perfect statement. Sometimes there's not a perfect statement. Som- sometimes you just feel the way you feel. Yeah. Who cares? I don't care that you feel that way. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, I think it's a reasonable feeling. Um, and I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. It is, 
from I've heard that from other people is it's difficult to be overly empathetic with somebody that you feel hasn't been that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there is something in the back of Donald Trump's mind, and I believe that he's thought this the whole time when he's had rallies and everything else, that there's a chance that he could get something. He he knows that. You know, he's going out in crowds, he's getting it. I think, and the same thing with me, I just traveled to theme parks All right. and went on a trip. I know that there's a risk, but in my opinion, there, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. it. It is, do I make sure that I never, ever get sick, or do I take, like, basic precautions, make sure that, you know, I don't get sick? If I do, it's not like we're... I, I think we do have to differentiate. When we say somebody's got COVID, we make it sound like they've gotten, like, the AIDS virus in 1987 when there weren't medicines right, to help. Right, when it's a death sentence. Yeah, so I feel like when somebody says he, he's got COVID, it's like, oh, he's got this uncurable disease. Well, no, not really. He's got a disease that the rate of recovery is extremely high i bet in the president's case he has access to medicines and medical treatment that <laughs> exactly. we don't even know exists. yeah if if i get covid i want what the president got yeah i think that's what yeah. everybody's gonna give say me that. give me that i want that <laughs> what you got a trial going on for that i'll be in the yeah, trial i'll have that too but i guess what i'm saying is there are two ways to look at the world in that regard you can look at it as oh my god if i get this or anybody if i know gets this it's the end of the world when in reality in my opinion, and again, this may not be a PC correct way to think about it. I'm like, you know what? I I wear a mask when I go out everywhere. I sanitize my hands left and right. I wipe down surfaces. You you wouldn't believe what we pack with us when we go to these parks. <laughs> all right. So I mean, we've taken every precaution necessarily, and sometimes crap happens. I mean, but in my opinion, this is not you know the AIDS virus in 1986, 87 when there's no medicines for treatment. You know what I mean? So it right. depends on your over your outlook on the world too in how you view this and i think that he probably viewed it as that well if i get it it's not really that bad but again that's my opinion not saying it's right but that's how i feel about it i don't know yeah and you know like like we said we have no clue how serious his condition is we don't know kind of kind of my my personal hope is that i don't know this maybe changes his perspective a little bit maybe he starts encouraging people to wear masks more you're shaking your head no he is who he is man (laughs) you you know you ever meet like older people and they do stuff and you're like you know i should really talk to them about this and then you realize you know what they've been doing it for like 75 years like my little speech for 30 seconds or something that happens that was going to change their whole outlook nah they they are who they are you you don't even think a brush with death would change donald trump again (laughs) it depends on how you look at it some people look at it as a brush with death. He may look at it as, okay, this virus, okay, finally, I don't have to worry about this anymore. Now I can go out and have rallies all the time because I'm not going to get sick again because I've already had it. It's all It all depends on your outlook. True. I mean, one way is not right or wrong. Now, I think something had to come up or he wouldn't have went to Walter Reed. There had to be a reason he went there. I don't think Melania went there as far as I know. Yep, of course, she she's not. like 50 years younger than him, too. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think he even made a joke about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but There's some reason he went there. You know, he had more severe symptoms. And let's be honest, he's not the thinnest guy in the world. We we know that obesity mm-hmm. and things play a big role. I, I, I hate to say that and out loud. I, I hate to say 72, 73. He's, he's older. He is a big dude. He hides it very well in that suit. But he's a, he's a big dude. Didn't used to be that way. He's a big dude. But, uh, I mean, he's at higher risk. Let's be real about it. If we're being real, if this is being real yes. section right here, we've been real for like the last five or ten minutes, and people will probably be really upset one way or the other. But this is what we think. That's right. We, we, we 
have said this from day one. We want to hear. We we will never criticize someone's opinion. We just want to hear what people have to say. So we're just telling you what we have to say. And you know what? At the end of the day, we're still going to end up in the same place. Tyler sitting at this table having a having a bourbon. Very true. I didn't get upset with what you said. I disagree with what you said somewhat, but I understand where you're coming from. And I, you know what? My blood pressure didn't even raise or lower like it did with the debate. In the debate, I was ready to probably break something if something would have been around. When we talked about this just now, I don't care. We're just going to sit here and hang out and have our bourbon, discuss our thoughts, and that's the way we want the show to be. Yeah, but at, at the end of the day, we, we wish the president a, a full recovery and wish him the best. Thought, thoughts and prayers with him and his family and every, everybody that has caught it as a result of well, the the Rose Garden thing. Yeah, so, and we'll find out more on that, I'm sure, as more people yep. get. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yep. So, on that note, kind of, kind of tremendously changing gears here. Let's tremendously change it, Todd. Because <laughs> I feel like we just had like a therapeutic moment. It was. It was like a Zen moment where we all kind of kumbaya together. We were able to open up a little bit, and and now we're here. So let, let's change yep. it. What are you thinking about changing so we're, it we're, We are going to wrap up the audio portion of the show. Oh. But we have a special bonus exclusive for those of you who follow us on YouTube or check out our website, LexBuds.com. As soon as we end this audio podcast, if you're listening to us on podcast, we are going to do a special bonus segment that will only be on video. So you'll have to go to our YouTube page uh, or or our website. I think we'll probably have this posted on Facebook. Yeah, as we'll have well. it on Facebook too. Mm-hmm. So, so let me tell you what this is. So, there's this company it's called Packy, P-A-Q-U-I, and they make a bunch of different flavored chips, hot chips. They come out every single year around this time with something they call the One Chip Challenge. The One Chip Challenge, if you can see this on video, it is a single tortilla chip in this extra large box that you eat, and you're not allowed to, to drink anything like milk or water to, to uh, calm the hotness from the chip. For five minutes. And okay. that's the challenge. I don't know what you win from the challenge. Um, I'm hoping there's a trophy inside this box. I'm not 100%. <laughs> but the other thing is that they give you the option when you pre-order these to either get one or get a box of 10. I'm not going to do all 10, by the way. I'm going to share these with people that maybe want to do this with me at some point. But that's the goal. I'm going to try to eat this, try to go five minutes, see what happens. I've seen some videos online where people are crying and screaming, so I'm a little bit nervous. But as we know, Tyler, we did the Blazing Wings Challenge from we Buffalo did. Wild Wings, and who took it like a champ? You were a champ. I wouldn't have even known that those wings were even hot. I can tell you they were hot. <laughs> okay. I put on my game face, and but they were very hot, and I was that's probably the most uncomfortable I've been in the last six months. My face was <laughs> hot. Was. My blood pressure was up. I, I wanted to you know tremble and everything else but i i held it under control i don't know how this is going to go but make sure you go to our youtube page facebook uh go to our website lexbuds.com for this extra footage you may want to see it and maybe it won't be a big deal i don't know i've never had this before but it's going to be a real reaction i'm not going to fake it so you'll know if it's hot or not how hot are these things supposed to be like on a like on is there some sort of scale of hotness like where where does this rank, and where, how does it compare to those wings you had from B-Dubs? You know, I d- here's what I don't know. Uh, it says on the box, it says 2020 One Chip Challenge, and these sell out every year, by the way. So I had to pre-order these. 
That I got on the BMW. Mind. Yeah, it's a Carolina Reaper plus Sichuan heat. I don't know what that means. God bless you. Do not eat if you're sensitive to spicy foods, allergic to peppers, nightshades, or capsaicin, or, or are pregnant. Jeez Louise. After touching the chip, wash your hands with soap and do not touch your eyes or other sensitive areas. You're not even supposed to touch it. Yeah. Seek medical assistance should you experience difficulty breathing, fainting, or extended <laughs> nausea. Oh, boy. So this should go well. We, we may need some people to watch this on YouTube just to call 911 after you finish this. Yeah, this will be interesting. I may be over at Walter Reed with the president after this. I don't I don't know how this is going. But we're going to do this as a bonus segment, so make sure you check that out. Um, and I don't know, Ty. It's been an interesting show. It's It's been a little depressing. We talked about a losing football game. Our president's sick. Um, it's, it's just... Uh, it's a little bit of a mess, but we have to talk about it. Sometimes you need therapy sessions, right? Yes, we do. You got to have therapy sessions. This was a big thing. We, you know, we got off the AJ Rose off our chest. We got the the debate off our chest. This was, was I, this was very good. I feel I feel better. Yeah, it's good for all of us. And you know, hopefully, we'll have better news after this upcoming week. We'll have a, a football win. Who do you predict before we close out uh, this episode? Who do you predict as a winner for the game? Uh, Mississippi State, Kentucky, what do you got? I'm going to go Mississippi State by 30. Oh, my God. Jeez, <laughs> oh Tyler. What a buzzkill, man. I, you know, I ha- until I see otherwise, I'm going to say Mississippi State by 7. They, UK's got to show me something. I'm not a homer. I'm, I, we call balls and strikes here. We do. They've got to do something for me. I, I, had, I was with them for two weeks. They've got to do something different. I'm saying Mississippi State by 7, but... Who knows? We'll see how it goes. Make sure you go to our website, LexBuds.com. We will have more entertaining info and hopefully stuff that will cheer you up this week. We've got some really cool posts coming up along with um, the chip challenge that we just mentioned as well. Which our producer just held up a sign and said that the, the, the uh, pepper you just mentioned, forget what, the Reaper? Carolina Reaper. Yeah, is the most potent in the world. Well, I can't wait. So, <laughs> so you are going to want to check out this video. We'll see how it goes. Make sure you find it. Yeah, absolutely. So follow us uh, on Twitter at LexBuds. Visit our website, www.LexBuds.com, and look for us on Facebook. Uh, Just search LexBuds and Pick and Roll, and you'll see all kinds of entertaining posts this week. Our goal is to try to build you up a little bit. It's been a depressing show. It's been a depressing weekend. We want to try to build you up a little bit. Let's have a good week all together. We really appreciate you all uh, watching this episode. It's been a fun one, Tyler. It's been real. Stay Stay classy, classy, Kentucky. Kentucky.